Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Another game, another quarterback suffers an injury. We're not sure how bad the Joe Burrow wrist injury is, Perloff, but he was doubled over in pain last night. Needless to say, Cincinnati Bengals lost to the Baltimore Ravens, who now have a pretty commanding lead in the division. Mm -hmm. They've swept now the season series against Cincinnati. And I think that despite how bad this looked last night for Cincinnati and Burrow definitely got crunched by Jadavion Clowney and probably had a wrist injury going into the game anyway, even though this looks bad, I don't think they're all the way done mm. in terms of the playoffs. Five and five, not great. But Deshaun Watson just got hurt for the Cleveland Browns. Yep. He's out for the year. Lamar Jackson was limping around a bit with an ankle injury, ankle injury. And Kenny Pickett is like not exactly lighting the world on fire <laughs> from the quarterback perspective. I think there's a lot to be said about the AFC. We don't know how this is going to pan out. It's not just a Joe Burrow injury. It's a lot of things with the Bengals. I think their luck has ran out. Last mm-hmm. night, Lamar Jackson fires a pass over the middle, and the Bengals' Jermaine Pratt makes a great play to get his hand on it, goes up in the air, and what happens? Rashad Bateman grabs it and runs in for a touchdown. There's no luck this year. And their defense, Lou Anarumo, is a great defensive coordinator. They've just been bad lately. They've been Their secondary is terrible. They lost Jesse Bates in the offseason. Now, if you catch an eight-yard pass, you can take it to the house on them. Let up 17 explosive plays last week against Houston. Uh, seemed like the same thing last night. I don't have the official number. So there's so many problems with Cincinnati. They just are not healthy. You saw Burrow last night. So Joe Burrow, right. after after he threw the last pass of the game for him, he was doubled. If you're doubled over in pain because of a hand injury, you're telling me that hand is going to get back in shape in time to lead them to the playoffs? Listen, you still have a lot of games left here. Like, I never thought that Burrow, I, I thought him with the calf injury that he was going to have to miss time. Never happened. He was out there. I mean, he didn't look great early in the season, but he was still out there. He was playing through an injury. We saw Russell Wilson a couple of years ago had that thumb injury. He's you know waking up in the middle of the night to do thumb exercises. Got and how'd that work out? It didn't look great, but it's going to look better than Jake Browning. No offense. I know we're on in the West Coast, on in Seattle. We're on there, and I know he had a great college career. Maybe he can do just enough. Hell, hell, if we're talking about, you know, could Dorian Thompson Robinson and PJ Walker possibly keep the ship alive for Cleveland and they're not totally out of it? Well, how about Jake Browning? Why can't he try to keep Cincinnati in? Well, I got to tell you, I, I feel a little better about my terrible Super Bowl pick this year. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-3 and three and get a little Dorian Thompson Robinson maybe followed up by a little Jake Browning. They're basically middling Pac-12 quarterbacks. Come on down, Pittsburgh. They could go to 8-3 and three with no consistency whatsoever on offense. So maybe the Red Sea is parting for the Steelers to make a little run here. Well, I'll tell you what. It, maybe the Steelers, I, I don't know. 
the Red Sea is parting for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I'm at the point now where between Buffalo being down, Cincinnati down, you know, Miami hasn't beaten a good team, and Kansas City just beat them, even though it was in Germany. Um, the AFC contenders, the Chargers, I mean, the AFC contenders, I mean, the Ravens look great, but as you always point out, Lamar Jackson's won, what, one playoff game in his career, too? So Yeah, I, it's not even that. It's the injuries, and you saw it last night. They just seem like a team that has more injuries than almost anyone. It's the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Broncos are the three IR teams. And now the Browns add that them to the list yeah. because of Deshaun and maybe Cincinnati. So, like, to me, if the Chiefs don't win this year, I feel like this is a massive failure now because you're, like, talking dynasty, and they are the closest thing we have to a dynasty right now with three appearances in the Super Bowl and two wins in five years. And you get this kind of luck in a vaunted AFC with quarterback after quarterback. Like, we have no idea what Jacksonville is really like. For me, if the Chiefs don't win, this is going to be a massive disappointment. Well, then again, all those teams you just mentioned, have any of them beaten the Chiefs in the playoffs? Well, the Bengals did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember right. that Super Bowl we Actually, were at? <laughs> the only team that re- and the Bills came close. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, I, I think that narrative is you're setting up a negative narrative on the Chiefs. I don't think that's really fair to say all of a sudden because these guys got these guys who've never really you know, have not won the AFC. Now the Chiefs are going to be a disappointment if they don't get to the Super Bowl. I think so. I mean, you, you basically because the Bengals and the and the uh, and the Bills. Let's just take the last two teams that sort of like you know even put a scare into Kansas City. Those two teams now because the dysfunction yeah. with Buffalo and because of the injury to Burrow, like yeah. they're total disarray. You've mm-hmm. got to take advantage of that. I don't know. I feel like you're killing the Chiefs unnecessarily in, in advance. Baltimore looks really. Baltimore looks in some ways better than they've ever been. And Miami is a dangerous team because they get Achan back next week. Achan, I don't know how he's saying it these days. I, I think the AFC still has some threatening teams. Specifically, those two teams could give Kansas City problems. Okay, but there's a reason why you and a lot of other people were more inclined to pick the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl than the Ravens, right? And what was the reason? Injuries. And because Lamar is not doesn't have a lot of playoffs. Right. And success. you saw last night when the Bengals put a spy on Lamar Jackson, and then for some reason they stopped doing it, and Lamar just took took ripped them apart. Yeah, you can you can play against that kind of style in the playoffs. Now the question is, has Lamar advanced as a passer? And there is some evidence, definitely. Oh, definitely. Sorry, Lamar one in three in playoff appearances, and that's what holds people back from just saying, "Well, the Ravens are going to be there." However, the Ravens kind of have a. Like, once a decade, they win a Super Bowl, basically. Right. But Lamar also has been hurt how many years in a row? This would, last night, uh, got went into the blue tent with an ankle injury, lost his best weapon in Mark Andrews. There is reason to believe that they'll fall apart. I got to tell you, though, that defense, ooh, they hit. I'm not surprised that the Bengals had injuries last night. Let's hear from Lamar Jackson talking about his ankle he says, guys, it's good. I'm good. We, we need to start talking about this ankle. I'm good. You see, I just walked up here. I'm good. <laughs> we ain't going to talk nothing to existence, you know, speak nothing to existence. I'm good. Yes, I love that. The manifesting. Do you guys believe in that stuff? If Definitely. you talk about it, you talk about it, it will happen on the good side or the bad side? Uh, I believe in it in both. In fact, my, my late Nana, she was, it's a Yiddish word. She would say, you don't want to give yourself a kanahara. Yeah. Kanahara. Love that. Yeah. yeah Al Michaels was laying out the Yiddish word. last night. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that? He said Michigan's got Michigas. What's a Kinahora? It's bad luck. Bad basically. luck. 
Like, okay. you yeah. don't speak something into bad luck. You haven't been listening to Al Michaels all these years and basically be fluent in Yiddish? <laughs> this guy <laughs> basically doing the game in Yiddish. Uh, 855-212-4CBS. Let's hit the phones. Victoria's in Mobile. Perloff has a, has a problem, which is he's, he's low tire pressure. Uh, My warning won't go away, and I check the tires, and they have plenty of tire pressure. Victoria, can you help Perloff, please? Sure. Um, I've been driving for probably more years than your father. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm 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 an elderly chick, but I've been driving since I was 16. And one of the first things my dad taught me was before you take, and this is when I got a new car for my birthday, um, go to a place like, I don't know if you have AutoZones. Yeah, we definitely. Do. We love AutoZone. AutoZone has the same big machine to hook to your car that the dealership uses, and they'll do it free, and the dealership will charge you about $200. Okay. Wait, machine to check the tire experience. pressure? Do what? Wait, what does this machine do? The one that checks for it inspection? Checks everything. It yeah. will check everything. It, it'll tell you about your seat belt. It'll yeah. tell you about... Um, you know, why your fan in your air conditioner isn't working. It tells you everything. If you have a, I don't know if you're still using little batteries or if you're using um, some kind of cell, uh, C-E-L-L, for <laughs> for things that go wrong in your car. I don't know how, how advanced your system is, but they'll check everything. All right, all right. And they'll show you. You can stand there and watch it. If you want, you can get a printout, and then Wait, Victoria, you, do you have you you've always known a lot about cars? You you know you said that you're an elderly chick, which I love that. You know, was <laughs> was this very unique? When well, you I mean, were, I can change my tire better than Perloff. All yeah, right. I can change, yeah, right. I can change my tire. <laughs> um, I know about AutoZone to go before I go to my dealership. Um, try to save some some uh, money for uh, my Christmas club. There you go. And I, you know, I, I know enough about my car that I can, it, it's a, a Hyundai Sonata, but I can, you know. I, you know a lot. Did you also want to talk about Michigan, do. Victoria? You wanted to talk about Michigan Wolverines also? Yes. Um, I'm glad that they uh, had the suit dismissed because had they gone into court they would have had to tell all sorts of things. <laughs> and the uh, guys, the, the other teams in their conference that ganged up on them and went to the uh, Big Ten yeah. to complain, they will be filing suits about everything. You're wearing the wrong color shirt to the ball game. You know, you've got on the wrong color shoes. They'll do anything to harass uh, him and, and Michigan. They thought you think it was a little like uh, you go to court over this. There's a little Pandora's box, all that. Uh, stuff. Yeah, Victoria. I do, you, I, I, and I think you let a lot of little squeaky things out that um, <laughs> that will satisfy other people. But anyway, all right. Long long story short. So um, that's what I feel about Michigan. I'm glad he did that, and I don't think. Uh, first of all, uh, real quick, the. Um, the rules for the um, NCAA say that any team can steal the uh, calls from the signs off the TV. Other teams, yes. Well, they can get it off the TV, or they can get them uh, during the while game. They're, while yeah. They're, yeah, while they're watching the game. 
they just can't use electronic equipment like exactly. a recorder, you know. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, yes. that, that's that. Victoria, but, um, this has been a delight to talk with oh, you. Yeah. I love the fact <laughs> that you could totally school Pearl off and know how to change your tire, and he doesn't. He's a full-grown oh. adult man. Thank you, Victoria. Have a pleasant weekend. You know how to change tires? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, got he doesn't there. even drive. Yeah, I don't drive. Manny, do you want to change the tire? I do know how to change a tire. Yes. See, but I mean, I know. I, I honestly, I know how to change a tire, and I have done it before. It was such a disaster. I'm like, I'm just calling AAA. I didn't learn how to change a tire until about two years ago, though. So, well, that's fine because you're 16. Does anybody find it? <laughs> it's also terrifying. Can we just all admit that? If you ever like, because if you do it wrong, that car is falling on your head. Oh gosh! Yeah, you do not. America does not want me changing my own tires. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm not mechanically oriented. I can't read instructions. I just immediately blank out two seconds into any instructions. I'll tell you the widows and the coffee drinkers in the chat. YouTube.com/slash/CBSSportsRadio, Twitch.tv/slash/CBSSportsRadio. Thank you. Big fans of Victoria. I feel like I wanted her to give me like a cookie recipe or something. Not to be like, you know, totally, is that misogynistic? She sounded like a, like no, a no, grandmother no. who no, could no, give no. you a molasses cookie recipe. I think you're misreading. I think Victoria's trouble. I could tell. <laughs> oh, She's like, that Hyundai Sonata going 95 miles an hour with smoke coming out the windows. <laughs> Victoria, I could tell she partied back in the day. There is no doubt about it. You just turned her into a bank robber. Was oh. she Bonnie and Clyde? No, I, I not not like that kind of. I meant more like Snoop Dogg kind yeah. of smoke coming out <laughs> gotcha. her windows. Yeah, she, uh, top. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he's uh, giving up the smoke. You guys yeah, saw. I did see that. Retirement. That's, yeah, so Snoop Dogg, that's like saying Willie Nelson is giving up. Wait, like, there's no shot, right? Well, I wonder, uh, like, the amount that he seems thing. to smoke, that can't be good for your lungs. Stay right. off the weed. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Do you think he even gets high anymore? I mean, you can build yeah. up a tolerance to this kind of thing. He must have to smoke, like, a whole yeah, probably. something. Snoop Dogg is like the, he's like the Bo Jackson of weed smoking. Yeah. I mean, if you ever hear people <laughs> tell stories about smoking weed with Snoop Dogg, one, you believe all of them. And they're <laughs> yeah. all outrageous. <laughs> it's like mythical. Like, just like, and we're talking about some of the most prolific weed smokers we have in prolific entertainment, and they're like, Snoop's on another level. Yeah, is he the, is he the number one, like, king of, he's well, Mount Rushmore, Cheech for sure. Chong, I mean, you know. Cheech and Cheech. Willie Nelson, Snoop, but even Snoop is, I think, elevated past all of them. I think he has. I mean, Cheech and Chong made multiple movies about this. Yeah. Mount Rushmore of uh, weed, weed smokers. Let's yeah. do it in the back of the, back of the envelope. <laughs> Mount Rushmore of weed smokers. I mean, Snoop, Willie Nelson, I think Cheech. I think Wiz well, Khalifa is a, a new age guy. He's kind of been, he kind of snoops protege yeah. when it comes to the weed. Can I they, throw in Josh Gordon into this conversation as well? Oh, uh, boy, Josh like also has some, other, these yeah. some are, other issues. These are not, yeah, uh, happy weed smokers. I mean, Martha Stewart, do we think she and Snoop together? Another, another partnership there, her and Snoop. Wait, Martha Stewart's a prolific weed smoker? Well, I just assume you hang out with Snoop Dogg that much. <laughs> you have to. And she's been, she's been, you know, she's done hard time. So <laughs> it's a gateway <laughs> drug. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> Martha. She might be uh, she might be chasing the tail of the dragon. Who knows? She's <laughs> like, been in prison. Well, it's like, why were you insider trading? Like I wasn't. I just I spent an afternoon with Snoop Dogg and all of a sudden I'm was it, caught uh, up. In the movie Half Baked, anybody who was in Half Baked is immediately a candidate. Yeah, for Chappelle. Chappelle, where the line, I love when yeah. he goes to an NA meeting, they're like, You're in here for some weed. Oh, Bob Saget with an all time line in that one. Uh, Chappelle, but I don't know if Chappelle actually smokes by it. It was a movie. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers? 
I mean, he yeah, always right. talks about the plant-based medicine. We think it's a little stronger, actually, than the weed. Huh. Wait, what about, uh, there's some guys in the NBA. Oh, the guys with the Up in Smoke podcast. Don't oh, be a freaking yeah. weirdo. Steven Jackson, oh, right. Matt Barnes. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. How can we forget? I mean, they call them? their podcast Up, up in, in Smoke. smoke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As opposed to all the smoke. I mean, remember, they said they, they had a story about how Don Nelson was like, Oh, Don Nelson. Don Nelson might be. He retired in Hawaii. Oh, Bill Walton. Have you seen Don Nelson now? He looks like he looks like a hippie. Oh yeah. I have not seen it. Does he look like uh, long hair? Long hair. Uh Nick Nolte kind of. What about Bill Walton? Bill Bill Walton definitely. Bill Walton for sure. I mean, how many dead shows? You can't. You don't have to smoke the weed at the dead show. It just like gets in your body. Yeah, that's if you hang out with Snoop Dogg, you don't really need to smoke. (laughs) Just whatever's coming off his clothes is enough to get you high. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we still have a spot open in our Mount Rushmore of weed smokers. And by the way, Victoria, if you're listening, I'm not a saying that you do that necessarily. I just think that, you know, he's you've been driving since you were 16. <laughs> Sounds like you were causing some trouble back in the day. Perloff's not saying you were doing it. He's just saying you sounded like I you don't know. The it. way, yeah, sounded like, she, the way she was describing it, she was a moonshiner. She knows how to, <laughs> she knows back roads. She knows how to fix a car. She said she started, like, when she was 16, she probably was like a Penelope pit stop style, you know, you know pink helmet, pink oh, yeah. car, <laughs> driving through, getting past Dick Dastardly. And, and, and Muttley, like... Meanwhile, I'm here, like, I think Victoria's bringing a freshly baked pie, you know, to the table, and you guys are like, she's, you know, got a helmet on. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Dick Dastardly, that's an old school, right? Is that... Yeah. Kids know that? Muttley. is one of the best cartoons ever. What's it called? The Wacky Races. Right. So, yeah, so it was, it was a bunch of Hanna-Barbera characters... And they all, they would race in various parts of the world. And you had Dick Dastardly and Muttley. You had Penelope Pitstop, the Southern Belle. Uh, you had the Ant Hill Mob. Love it. Like, it was it was one of the absolute best shows. That's my youth. I can't believe you've seen this. Oh, yes. Thank, shout out to Boomerang. Shout out to Cartoon Network. This is how you watch this stuff. And Muttley was the dog who sort of goes, what, what did Muttley like, do? <laughs> yeah, the yeah. greatest laugh Good in cartoon heavens. history. Maggie, yeah. I feel like you're not a huge cartoon person. You know I, just, I mean, I guess I understand Hanna-Barbera. I think that was the Flintstones? I don't know anything else. What were, did you see the Hanna-Barbera Olympics where oh, they used the to have Laugh three Olympics. teams? Yeah, that was the, the wacky races in the Laugh Olympics are like, they're like distant cousins almost. That was, The Laugh Olympics were also great. You had Snoop Dogg. You had uh, Snoop Dogg. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, like, what? You had Scooby-Doo. Oh, and he that's had a weed, team, Olymp- weed Mount and then, Rushmore. Like, you know, uh, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And then like, you know, Fred Flintstone had a team. Like it was, yeah, that it was awesome. also phenomenal show. Oh, uh, Shaggy is definitely on the Mount Rushmore. Not so much. I, think I was thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about like uh, fictional characters too, because Shaggy, I think, definitely yeah. got to put them on there. Scooby snacks? Were they eating edibles back when they had the mystery machine? Well, they were just <laughs> probably they were Doritos, basically. Uh, the other thing is Billy Wolf in the chat wanted to make sure that we all remember that Victoria dropped uh, huh. your dad on Perloff. <laughs> she said you don't well, learn. Well, yeah, I was like, why Tom Perloff take a shot? <laughs> but can I just say how happy it is to, uh, to hear EJ talk about these old cartoons and sci-fi movies that there might be a bigger nerd on the show than me this is <laughs> such a great thing to have oh yeah i mean i did a whole bit on the previous morning show and it was real about how much i love the banana splits the banana splits, oh yeah now that by the way that shows. that is the that show is written with so much weed influence that that is the highest show you've ever seen yes. in your life right yeah that was a you don't remember this the, the banana splits we'll show you the video it's an acid oh, trip Maggie's of a never seen the banana splits that's crazy <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. I think that this is like when uh, we were doing interviews for like who's going to be the producer. It's like, are you nerdier than Perloff? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now you're on a round two. <laughs> then EJ went on a deep dive on Ant-Man. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. You're hired. Yeah, 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> I didn't realize there were all these, you know, cartoons I didn't know about. 855-212-4227. I guess I'm getting an education today. Thank you to Victoria, who was a big hit with all the widows, the coffee drinkers. Maybe the widows just get fourth fourth spot on the Mount Rushmore. The widows as a whole. I saw I saw a person in the chat shout out to Twitch. They put uh Ricky Williams in here. Uh, oh, big, yeah, big Later. advocate. He he definitely may have to be on that Mount Rushmore. Yep. I mean, basically turned his, you know, kind of gave up on the NFL for a lot of reasons, not gave up, decided to walk away from the NFL. Well, he was early on uh, to credit him. He said that uh, marijuana is much better than opioids oh, to definitely. treat pain. For sure. And I think that became popular. We At the time, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Then 10 years later, everyone's like, oh, he was yeah, right. It's like, Ricky, yeah. what do you mean? There's no hope with dope. And then it's like, actually, big pharma is going to kill you. 855-212-4CBS. Yeah. <laughs> 855-212-4227. Uh, okay, coming up. We do have more from last night. Also, crazy story going on with one very famous sports broadcaster. She made a big admission on a podcast yesterday, and it really set the sports world on fire. So we'll get to that in just moments. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. What a weird day in sports yesterday, Maggie. There was so much going on. Jim Harbaugh gave up his legal battle to our chagrin. Joe Burrow gets hurt. Lots of things, but I, there was a story in social media in my timeline that certainly took over involving Carissa Thompson. Yeah, this one was a little bit bizarre, quite frankly. So Carissa Thompson, of course, was on the game last night, Amazon Prime. She's a host. She does a Fox. Great job on the Fox pre-pre-game show. Uh, she's an excellent host and has been in this business for a long time and has done a variety of roles, including sideline reporting. And that's why this was a little surprising or shocking, quite frankly, that she was a guest on the Part of My Take podcast from Barstool, and she admitted that she used to make up sideline report. I And I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. Um, I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late, and I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report, so I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, mm -hmm. first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to kill stop. Uh, hurting ourselves we needed to be better on third down we yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over the quarterback we need, yeah exactly <laughs> and and do a better job of getting off the field like they're not going to correct me on that right. so i'm like it's fine i'll it just make up the report okay that's wrong that's wrong no matter what you think of sideline reporters no matter how important or unimportant you think they are no matter if you think they add to the broadcast or take away from the broadcast that is irrelevant this is wrong and this doesn't happen at all. Like, this is not a thing that sideline reporters are known for doing, Perloff. It's right. not like they're out here creating fiction and attributing quotes to head coaches. No matter how benign, no matter how much of a white lie this may have been, this is not standard practice in the industry. And I understand why other sideline reporters are ticked off that she admits she did this because... It's a slippery slope. People don't love yep. and trust the media. So now she just gave a reason to say, well, you should be questioning the authenticity of every sideline report. You know, I there's something that struck me a little comic about what she said. They were lying. You know, what she made up. Because we all hate those coach cliches. Yep. And a lot of people don't like those interviews because they're so stupid. But to me, 
one of the big things about a sideline reporter is maybe every report is not interesting, but you need them there for when something big happens. Last night, there were a bunch of injuries where we really needed information from the sideline. So I get what sort of people are saying, oh, sideline reporters are irrelevant. I don't like the coach interviews. I think they're the waste of time. And I think a lot of people, so I get that. But I mean, last night, you want to know what's going on with Joe Burrow's hand. And I think back to last year when DeMar Hamlin uh, went through it, you need a reporter on the sideline. So I think it is a very important role. This is definitely not good. I I just want to say one thing. I do like Carissa very much. She's a very nice person. I've known her for a while. She's always been a big fan and supporter of mine. So I really do not want to see. I, I think this is a mistake. It was a long time ago. And I hope there's a way out for her. Yeah, if she is saying that this is this, or didn't she didn't say this? Amazon said this on behalf of her yesterday. They were asked mm. by Sports Business Journal if she was going to address this on the broadcast last night, and they said no. She was telling a story from 15 years ago. Now, mm. I didn't know they said Amazon actually Amazon said, said that. that. So she she did not address it. Now we can talk about this, and, and maybe this is a point where. It's time to do something better than those coaches' interviews, right? Maybe this is a point of disruption where you can, you have other stories. You can tell this in a creative way that actually serves the audience. It doesn't feel like a throwaway, which is what she was treating it like, right? Like a throwaway. There are times when coaches do boneheaded things before a half. Why'd you punt on fourth down when you're down two scores? Why did you kick a 64 yard field goal there or attempt one? There are like X's and O's things. Um, that you yeah, do want to get, but if the coach is not available, you have to have a plan B, right? Yeah. Like you don't, the instinct to lie is not what you want. Now, yeah. the reason why I don't think that she will get fired, you could say she should. Now she even admitted it there in that piece. She's like, I, I've already said this before and I didn't get fired. So I guess I can say it again. She realizes, I think what she's admitting here is could be a fireable offense. She's not still sideline reporting. If she was still on the sideline doing that job, I think she's getting fired. Now that she's a host, it is a I know that maybe the audience might not see it very differently. It is a different role and I could see her employers whether it's Fox or Amazon saying we're going to keep her because she's not doing that role anymore. Yeah, it's so complicated too because is covering is that news and journalism? It's the same kind of journalism as say covering a war or something. Are you held to the same standards? I, I mean, she works for Amazon. It's a mail order company. It's not exactly the New York Times. So I can't see them firing her because what do they know well, about say journalists? say that to Lisa Salters. I mean, say that to Tracy Wolfson. But what does Andrea Amazon Kramer. know about journalistic standards? Oh, well, they have, I mean, Fred, Gaud- Fred Gaudelli was the longtime NBC Sunday Night Football yeah. producer is producing their games. So there is like a journal. There's definitely got, there has to be an element of journalism because you can't go down to the sideline and say, you know, does so-and-so have an injury and you're what covering from them, caping for them. Like yeah. that can't be good too. Now, uh, yeah, but I, I do think there was a little bit of an overreaction on how serious this is. It, some of the people who were tweeting about it made it seem like she was misreporting on, I don't know, an impeachment or something. I, I do this, you know, maybe I'm being like, like Carissa here. Yes, it is a huge mistake, but it wasn't, I, I know it's a fact there's plagiarism all over our industry. And I, I'm curious, and th- there are much more serious journalistic breaches than this. Maybe the other thing, too, is there possible there was a gray area with Carissa? I'd like to hear what she actually said. Did she say, coach told me that the defense needs to play better? Or did she say the coaching staff is on the team because they're not getting off the field on third down? Maybe it wasn't as egregious as she's saying. Is it so, possible that there was a little bit of a gray area? Okay, so maybe, but I don't... 
so here's she said on that part of my take uh, on that clip that she said this before. Right. She's admitted before that she made stuff that she made up a sideline report. I and I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. Yeah, exactly. Right now. It's not the same thing that she said in this podcast that she did say before. So this is her own podcast. Two years ago, she has a podcast with Aaron Andrews. It's called Calm Down Podcast. And they had Jay Cutler on as a guest. And they were talking about sideline reporting and questions and doing interviews and stuff like that. And she told the story, but at a very different context. I'll never forget this, you guys. I was covering every Lions game because I was a baby reporter and got all the <laughs> games. And it was the year that they 0-16. And That's Rod awesome. Marinelli at halftime. I was like, oh, coach, what adjustments are you going to make at halftime? He goes, That's a great perfume you're wearing. I was like, oh, f I was like, this, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm like, all right, I got to make up a report. I'm not kidding. I made up a report. And I've done through. that too for a coach that I didn't want to throw under the bus you because he was telling it. me all the wrong stuff. Dude, hey, uh, attention, attention. We can make up reports. You're not going to say anything that's going to put them in a bad spot. I mean, how Aaron Andrews isn't getting more blowback on this, I have no idea because she still is sideline reporting. And who's your loyalty to, the audience or a coach that you're protecting? Okay, that's a different story, and Aaron should get plenty of blowback for that. But see, that... How, what Carissa said there, I think, is kind of pro off. Anyone would understand. Oh man, I just asked this coach, Rod Marinelli, for halftime adjustments. He said, "What perfume are you wearing?" Women can go into a bit of like a, "Oh no!" Like now, I've got someone at my job who might be hitting on me. What am I going to do? I need to get just get through this moment. I made up a report, and I think that's forgivable. I think anyone would have some sympathy there. Sure. And say, like, wow, what a terrible spot Rod Marinelli put Carissa Thompson in. Like, we should be, you know, we should not, this should not be cool. That's not okay from the head coach to do that. The way she was talking about it on part of my take was kind of like, I just do this. Because the coach is late and, like, I'm not going to come up with a workaround. So, well, yes, maybe I there's just, some gray area there. To be fair, I just did this a long time ago. Right. right. Yeah. I, right, right. A lot I, of times. Like, or would do this. Like, she made it seem like she did it a lot. Do you, I'd like to hear the actual reports. I, I'm curious if she was very specific it's, in her lies. I mean, I, there was Funhouse posted. Did uh, they have some? They had, like, just four clips from 2008 of Carissa Thompson reports. And it was very interesting listening to them. It just mm. felt like it was, like, you know, three truths and a lie. But for a sideline reporter, you, you're seeing these clips where she's saying these, like, cliche things. I felt like in the clips I watched, I could tell which one was not real. Wow. Did she say the coach told me? Yeah, every right. time. She would oh, say, I, she did she say, say that. Like, she would always say that, you know, I talked to coach, whatever, and he says, well, and there were times where she said things that was very specific. I was like, oh, no, clearly that was something that was told to her. And then there were times where it was extremely generic. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know about that one. See, and that's where you can have a problem, I think, with just the creativity of it, right? It's like you're getting nothing from the coach. Either say the coach didn't want to answer questions, couldn't, or whatever. Maybe you don't want to admit that. Maybe there's too much pressure. But you go into a game as a sideline reporter with a lot of different stories. You can also talk to assistant coaches. You can talk to, you, you can try to talk to players. You can't get into a locker room, though, at halftime. I don't know if the public knows that. She can't walk into the locker room at halftime and see the speech that the coach yeah. is giving us. I, I think some of the frustration I think I saw online came not just from just the act itself, but I think 
you know, we talk about whether or not Chris Thompson should be let go because he's now no longer a sideline reporter. But there are a lot of in a lot of women in this industry who that is their way into the industry. Yep. And there is this thought that here's someone who, you know, all these people, everybody who wants to work in this industry, everybody's scratching and clawing to get to where they want to go. And here you have a person who is essentially telling you that they built their career and got ahead on lies or just cut the corners right or, cut corners or that's whatever, exactly right. exactly the, the point and i think that that is where the frustration comes in where you say okay what kind of punishment or what kind of reaction do you have it's like well there are folks who aren't doing this obviously and it doesn't it, it feels benign until you realize that you know chris thompson's been able to build a very very successful career and just someone who started at a super young age and this is how it began right and how many people who don't have the same opportunities don't have the same uh you know uh, you know visibility like they're they're especially when we talk about uh women overall you talk about women of color like people of color in general, like it, it feels like it would be very difficult for other people to get away with this kind of thing. And it just felt comfortable to say it multiple times. Yeah. Kind of speaks to some of that. It's it's interesting. There's like two things here. First, yeah. like do lying, doing these fake reports is wrong. Whether again, whether you think they have merit or don't, that's wrong to do that, to make stuff up. And then secondly, it's kind of like sort of cavalierly sort of yeah. talking about it, which and it was not cavalier when she talked about it the first time. That's saying, hey, Rod Marinelli basically put me in a bad spot by asking me what perfume I'm wearing. I had to go into survival mode. The latest clip makes it sound like she was doing it out of convenience. One thing she did say, I listened to the whole clip. She said it's the worst job in sports because you, you do hours and hours of call during the yep. week. Then you get 15 seconds in the game and all your information goes away. Oh. So she said it's it's a very frustrating job and she's glad she's not doing it. So she did acknowledge there's a lot of work that goes into it. Right. But here's the thing. Even if she she's right about that, and I've done sideline reporting, and you can have so many things going into the game, and if it's a one-score game or a close game, you're not getting any of it in, right? As opposed to a blowout, then you can empty the notebook and you can get all your stuff in, usually. But here's the thing. It sounded like she didn't like the job, right? She didn't want to do it and, sure. and didn't mind potentially lying about some of the reports she was doing. I think that's what has the Lisa Salters and the Andrea Kramers and, you know, the Tracy Wolfson's upset about this. They do like this job. Yes, it might be thankless or whatever. They do like it and they do take a lot of pride in it. And just because she didn't sort of, I think they feel it paints a negative picture on all sideline reporters when they're taking it extremely seriously. And and the fact that you can basically, again, cut corners in doing this job to get a better job. Like how many, how many silent reporters would love to be in a Chris Thompson spot where you are a studio host and they're busting their ass, getting all the prep needed that where the situation where they don't have a coach to talk to that they're still doing reports and they don't have the opportunity to advance, advance and be a studio host in an NFL Sunday, no Thursday night football game. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, tricky story. I do not think she's going to get fired. And again, She's not doing the same job. So I think that if she was still sideline reporting, this would be different. I think that Aaron Andrews clip is not good. And she still is. She gets accused of having these chummy relationships with the players. Listen, you do this job, you're going to have relationships. I would never begrudge anyone that. We don't talk about men having cozy relationships with the athletes. Why should it be about women? I feel like that's a double standard. But if you're covering for a coach, like, That's your editorial decision you're making in the moment is to cover for a coach because he's telling you things and you're just deciding not to give that information to the public. That is crazy to me. 
That is insane. That's way worse than hugging Aaron Rodgers. Who cares about that? Guys bro-hug each other all the time. It's the same thing. But you're actively withholding information. Now, this are, this came out two years ago and nothing happened. So. And, and on the Carissa point about the Rod Marinelli thing, and that's a, a way more trickier situation. You're totally right about that, Maggie. But the part of me, you know, felt like, obviously you're not going to maybe say this on live while you're doing your hits, but, like, I would have loved to have, you know, as we've seen now with Me Too and, other, and all the movements that have happened times up. Yeah. Like, I would have loved for that to have come out while Rob Marinelli was coaching because clearly this showed a picture of a guy who should not have been an NFL head coach and was unfit to be the head coach of a team that was yeah. always, that became 0-16. I was going to say, did the 0-16 like, not like to tip me, you Chris, off? Like, yeah. To me, the fact that he was doing this in games while they're getting their heads caved in yeah. in NFL <laughs> games tells me a lot about Rod Marinelli that I think Lions fans and NFL fans would have wished we would have known at that time. Again, that's a really tough situation, so I don't really blame her for that. But just speaking to the value of what being on the sideline has, like even that story is a story, and that would have became something had you know that came out to light when it happened. Emmanuel Barbari is here waiting patiently. We've left you almost no time for this update. What do you got for us? No worries. So we'll blow through some of this Thursday night football stuff. The Ravens leading the AFC North in a week 10 for a third straight year. In the last two years, they've been passed by the team that they played last night, the Bengals, but it doesn't look like it's happening this year. Third down and eight from the Bengal 11. Jackson takes the snap. Pocket collapsing. He escapes, runs to the left, fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Rashad Bateman, his first of the year, and the Ravens extend their lead. That extended the lead to 21-10 in the second quarter, courtesy of Ravens Radio. 34-20, the final one of two touchdown passes for Lamar Jackson, who was playing through an ankle issue and wasn't worried when he had to even go into the 10. I'm trying to get back out there. I'm telling them I'm good, you know, but they're going to do what they do to try to get us back on that field as fast as they could, you know, but I'm good. Head coach John Harbaugh, really impressed with the effort. Very impressive. I mean, the ankle, you know, over there on the sideline when that deal happened and uh, to bounce back and play the way he did and still and still have some mobility, but hang in there and make those throws, is, it was impressive. We have a, a Purple Heart Award. Uh, there will probably be two of them, probably be Mark and, and probably be Lamar for those, uh, for, for gutting through those, for that injury for Lamar. Mark is Mark Andrews. His injury is far more severe. Out for the season, described as a serious ankle injury taken down by Logan Wilson in the first quarter. Lamar Jackson won't have his guy, his option the rest of the way. And he's been having a remarkable year. One touchdown away from a record, I think. That's that's tough, man. But we gotta we gotta somehow do it without him. We got likely, we got we got Charlie, we got guys who gonna step up. But it's tough. As for the Bengals, they drop to five and five and they lose Joe Burrow in the second quarter. Non contact, right wrist injury on a touchdown pass. They also lost top corner. Cam Taylor Britt with a quad injury, and now they play Pittsburgh next week. Five and five. The question with Burrow or without, you'd lean without uh, at this point. How about this uh, outside of the game? Robert Griffin III, you heard this on his podcast, RG3 and the Ones, uh, lobbying to be Deshaun Watson's replacement in Cleveland. RG3 says he's going to break the Browns' Super Bowl drought. They just got to give him a shot. So he gave a few reasons. And here are a couple starting with this. It sounds like a a job interview, a pitch. The Browns should sign me as their starting quarterback, and here's why. One, at 33 years old, I understand the game better than I ever have in my entire career. (laughs) I know how to slide, and I know when to slide, and that was a huge issue in my eight years in the NFL. But I've learned. I've learned from my mistakes, and I'm ready to showcase that I can get it done. So that's his opening pitch. You know what it sounds like? Hey, Sharks. I'm here with a. It's like, are you in front of 
Mark Cuban and like Lori and what Sounds else? Yeah, very scripted. Wonderful. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I was when I saw this yesterday. I was like, wait a minute. He played for the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> also, he did the same thing with the Jets earlier in the season. He yes. One hundred percent pitched himself to the Jets. Yeah, he's. Talking about misusing your pedestal. Honestly, he should be. Is he pitching himself for sideline reports? Of course, I mean, Thompson's yeah, I mean, out there. Does he want to take over Chris's hosting <laughs> I was job? Say, I mean, he sounds like somebody maybe doesn't really love his current job. But he's, he's very good at his current job. job. Yeah, I'd no, say everyone, yeah, he is. look over your shoulder because RG three's coming to take your spot. He's coming Sharks, after I everybody. Five hundred thousand dollars in exchange for five percent equity. <laughs> yes, I'd like five million dollars in exchange for two percent <laughs> equity in my sock company yeah. that uh, I mean, revolutionizing. I mean, games. in theory, though, I mean, why isn't Robert Griffin in the NFL? I don't understand. How is he only thirty three? I yeah, when he said he was 30, I, I, I could have swore he was going to be like, I'm 38 years old. Why like, has he not been starting for the last eight years? I never understood what I don't understand <laughs> his career. Multiple knee injuries. Yeah, but those, still, those were a while he, ago though. Yeah, when he came back and was a backup in Cleveland, he looked totally fast and good. I never understood it. It's funny. He's 33, so how old is Andrew Luck? He's got to be younger. Same draft class. Yeah, he's got to be no, the same Luck age stayed, or a little bit not, younger. Luck stayed all four. Did oh, right. Griffin say all four? He probably did, actually. Yeah. yeah. He, here's here's one more. 34. Here's one more. He's actually shocked he hasn't been playing, and, and he compares himself to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson went 14 for 14 in the second half against the Baltimore Ravens, and he used his legs to go out and scramble and extend plays. Of those 14 passes, there weren't really any of them that you would say were $230 million worthy passes. All they needed him to do was manage the game because of them dogs they got over there on defense, starting with Miles Garrett. Well, guess what? I didn't do that. I can go out there and manage a game for the Cleveland Browns and help them go on the Super Bowl run that they want to go on. But here's the second thing. I still run a 4-3-40, people, and I can throw the football 80 yards. <laughs> I train every week like an NFL football player so I could be ready for moments just like this. Get ready for 80-yard bombs from RG3 <laughs> when he steps back on the field. Laying it on kind of thick there, RG3. There's no way he, he runs a 4-3 or throws it 80 yards. Do you yards remember the, before the Monday Night Football game in Seattle where he raced the Seahawks? No, that happened too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, thank you, Emmanuel, very much. That was very entertaining. Coming up, a lot more to do, including a big question about one team's future quarterback plans. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff's. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12th precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. CBS Sports Radio. Let's take a look at who's got home field advantage this weekend in our NCAA football preview sponsored by Fairfield by Marriott. Fairfield by Marriott is the official hotel partner of the NCAA. With over 1,000 locations around the country, you'll always have the home field advantage. Visit Fairfield.com, Marriott.com, 
to book your stay. Okay, it's not the greatest college football weekend of all time, but I do think that there could be some chaos. We have Washington, number Mm -hmm. five, go to Oregon State, number 10. If Washington loses here, I don't know what it means for the final four, but this is the game I'm looking at as the potential game changer. Well, you're talking about home field advantages. I mean, Corvallis is a place where some weird things happen and Oregon state has put together a really nice season at eight and two and then five and two in the PAC 12. Meanwhile, Washington is electrifying on offense when Michael Penix is right, but it kind of feels like they're almost begging to lose a game a little bit. Yeah, and I actually have to look at the standings here. But here's the, if and they, Oregon State, by the way, is a one point favorite in this game. Washington seven and zero in the Pac twelve. Yeah, so they could lose this game. Oregon State already has two Pac twelve losses, and it'd still be Oregon and Washington in the Pac twelve title game, as I understand it. So that Washington's not done if they lose this game because if then they turn around and beat Oregon, that's a huge win, and they're back in the Final Four picture. But it's real dicey. It's super dicey. So there's a lot of pressure on the Huskies here. I like it. Um, I'd also love to know from uh, looking at, excuse me, the Michigan-Maryland game. Now, Maryland is 6-4 and 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 3-4 in the Big Ten. It's not about that. But we've seen Maryland play Ohio State really close. There is something about Maryland keeping things interesting when those games are in College Park. Oh, yeah. Another home Uh, field. Again, a big spread. I mean, Michigan should. They've been trouncing bad teams. That's their thing. But who knows? Will we see an impact from Harbaugh not being there? I, I So Harbaugh's not fighting this anymore. I wonder if Michigan takes a breath and say, okay, uh, time to move on. And that's a bad thing because they seem super fired up for that Penn State game. Yeah. I, I wonder if it was a taking a temperature of the team also, if that factored in at all to them waving the white flag. And if you're just getting caught up, Michigan is – not going to be in court today. Jim Harbaugh does not get his Judge Judy moment. This is, uh, they've basically accepted the Big Ten's um, suspension for the next two games, and they're not going to do anything about it. Now the yeah. NCAA will continue to investigate, but the Big Ten investigation is over. Bummer. I love <laughs> these details of Connor Stallions. I love this fight of Jim Harbaugh against the world, and he's giving these wacky press conferences where I, th- I think Jim Harbaugh was kidding around. When he said all that stuff, but actually, the, the fact and- the fact that I don't know is good. <laughs> I mean, college football is a little less boring if Michigan's not uh, a little more boring if they're yeah. not fighting this. That is true. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. We have a lot more to get into with Michigan and coming up, the one team that is facing a major quarterback dilemma. We'll get to that. Don't move, Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.